so like I'll just I'll just jump into it by saying this. Um, okay. I I wasn't expecting you know when we were going to cover this book for the episode. Um, uh huh. Just to deal with so much like actual murder. I. <laughs> This is real crime. We're dealing is, with real crime here. <laughs> this is a real crime book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, like Fear Street is basically divided into here are the books that are basically slightly older goosebumps. There's demons and stuff. But then here mm-hmm. are the books that are just murders. Like <laughs> the teens are getting murder or they're watching a murder or sometimes uh-huh. they're plotting a murder, but then getting murdered. Like it's just... Murder. It's just a murder. (laughs) It's real life murder. This is way scarier. Like regular murder is way scarier than a demon. If you really think about it. Yeah. I mean, I I I guess, uh, you know, I'm saying that because I'm, I'm assuming that a demon couldn't touch me and harm me, but you know what? If a demon did show up, I would be very scared. Sure. You, you have God on your side. So you don't fear no demon. (laughs) Yes. My Lord will protect me. But like this also deals with a corrupt and broken justice system. So there's a there's oh, a there's, a, there's some uh, real uh, all cops are bastards coming out strong yellow <laughs> RL Stein feelings. I have some notes about that for sure. <laughs> we should we should you know I should introduce the podcast. By the way, welcome to Goosebuds. Oh. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Chad. Uh, with me is Paul. Hi. Uh, Dom. Dom got tricked into the shadow realm again. There was. A trail a of candy. Lured him, a cop lured him into the into the shadow realm. <laughs> a cop used a trail of candy to lure him into the shadow realm. A, God damn it. There was a cop sting that lured him into the shadow realm. <laughs> but we are joined by the wonderful Josie Campbell. Uh, Josie, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me on, you guys. I'm excited to talk about murder. Yes! <laughs> uh, Josie, you were you requested this book, I believe. You know, We asked you to be on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And you were so gracious to join us, but then your first thing was like, let's do this book, right? You picked this one. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because I I read this book uh, now, you know, on rereading, realizing way too young. Um, <laughs> but basically, uh, when I was a kid, I, I loved Goosebumps. Like, that was like the get of the Scholastic School Book Fair was as many Goosebumps books as I could, like, load up in my hands. Um, but, uh, that meant that like, you know, I would read through them. So I'd be like scrambling for more R.L. Stein books, which led me to checking out and buying the Fear Street books, uh, checking them out from the library. And, uh, because it was the nineties and my parents had a very laissez-faire, just put the kid in front of the TV attitude. They did uh-huh. not check to see what like reading level or age level the Fear Street books were. So I basically went from like chicken, chicken to this is just murder. There's just teens watching bloody murders happening. And I was eight and I was like, I'm not going to, I was like eight and I was like, I'm not going to tell my parents I read this because this feels like maybe I did something illegal. Josie. They'll take my books away from me if I tell them. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I think that like I and the teens in this book were on the same exact sort of like level when it was comes to making decisions. Well, I'm looking at the cover and like, I, I, you know, there's, I feel like the, the cover of all the fear street ones in my limited experience, I was mostly just a mm-hmm. goosebumps boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like, they look like slasher horror movies. Like the one for the wrong number is two, I would say 18 year old girls in like, like sleeping clothes, just clutching a phone, terrified sleeping clothes, sleeping clothes. <laughs> 
again, like as an eight-year-old, I'm like, ha, huh, this looks like the same artist who does Sweet Valley High. Just <laughs> totally. That's such a oh my god, that's such a trip up. You, you're, that's totally right. So you know, I grabbed them, I read them, and like I, it was like this book was the one that like really stuck in my mind. Like I read a bunch of Fear Street books after this because I loved getting scared, but I just remembered the combination of the Frank crank phone calls. Uh-huh. Every like everything that happens, the nutso stuff that happens with the murderer at the end, and the fact mm-hmm. that these kids just get to see a dead body, like those things <laughs> stuck in my mind. <laughs> You're saying that now th- about the artwork, and like I could imagine seeing these and like them being next to like the Babysitters Club, and you're like, oh, it's just scary Babysitters Club. It'll be fine. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it's a scary. I'm like, oh, someone called the house while I'm babysitting, and I don't know what to tell them. I don't know what the number is here. That's the biggest fear. Uh, I guess I'm going to put the kids to bed. That's it. Well, and to add to the, like, mind fuckery, there were a, uh, like, a series of Babysitter Club books that had ghost stories. It was, like, Mallory no. and Jessica, 100%, because those are the oh. ones I started reading. So, like, Mallory and Jessica, like, and the mystery of the ghost cat, or, like, Mallory and Jessica go on vacation, and they're, like, the two, what is it, like, oh. junior members of the Babysitter's Club. So, like... I was already reading like kids books that were like, ah, it's the babysitter's club, but maybe the house is haunted where they have to babysit. So it uh-huh. felt like it was all in the same realm and it was not in the same realm. <laughs> this one, this one. So you went from like innocent children, maybe there's ghosts to infidelity and murder and escaping the country. Yes, absolutely. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big scale up. It's a huge scale up. Uh, well, okay. So, so you're eight years old. Now, did you read the wrong number? You definitely read this one while you were eight? Yeah, because, like, I had, because it was, like, the library had a copy that I got a hold of, and then I read, Mm -hmm. and then, like, I reread later on, like, when I was 10, but this was sort of the book that got me into Fear Street in general. Ah, okay, okay, okay. cool, cool. Then I went back and sort of got the rest of the books that at, at that time were available, again, in the library, uh, which uh-huh. uh, were, again, all looking like they were, you know, teen slasher horror movies, but like uh-huh. also reasonably I could trick my parents into thinking that these were okay things for me to read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I was I was a huge fan of Fear Street, which always like kind of put me on the outs because nobody else was a big fan of Fear Street. It was basically Goosebumps or Go Home. Yeah, you were hardcore. That's the thing. I think kids, kids are probably scared of you. They're like, oh, she's, she, she knows, she's like, she knows about murder. She's carrying a knife around and just stabbing <laughs> at the air all the time. We got to watch out for that kid. She's got some like ideas about cheerleaders and demons. Like it's all weird <laughs> with that girl. That's right. That was the other Fear Street book we've covered on Goosebumps. Yes. Our Goosebumps is the demon cheerleader. Like, the first one of the cheerleader miniseries, I guess. Like its own side story. Yeah. What was that series called? Was it just called Cheerleaders? I think it, I think it was the same like slasher conventions where it was like Cheerleaders first evil, Cheerleaders yes. evil returns. Yes. Yeah. First evil, that's what it was. Yes. That was scary. Okay, that one's scary because a girl is thrown from a bus in that one. Oh, that's right. <laughs> during a demon storm, I believe. Well, there's a deadly car accident in this one too. There's like that was the the first one I was like, "Oh, this is a Real, real, unrelated to anything in the book, right? Like, oh yes, the car accident. The early very, on, there's a yeah. multi-car pileup where they're like fleeing the car as off yeah. the highway, which I don't know if that's safe. I don't well, know if we should recommend that. I don't yeah, know. before we dive into this, before we dive into this, Josie, I do want to say I'm going to give your parents some credit. They probably were happy that you were reading books and that's all that matters <laughs> to them. 
And I, I would think any parent would be like, thank God our kid reads. That's great. Oh, good. She's got, well, she's going to do her book report on something. So we can just go yeah. back to watching ER. It's the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> ER is our time. <laughs> Uh, let's let's set up this story a little bit, right? Let's let, let's lay the ground in the world of in the world of Fear Street, which is also all one town, which is kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. A, a persistent world. Hold uh, on, I, 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 I gotta say, uh, Simon Fear. I don't remember that from the first book, but that guy has the scariest name. That guy was destined to to be haunted. Oh, that's the founder of Fear Street or something, right? I think that's... so. Or, yes. Like well, it was Simon Fear's streets, as as streets often are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was the he was the rich person who owned that street before before people started moving in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Josie, do you remember? Is he? I'm assuming like other books in Fear Street that deal with like him, the actual like Arkham legend or whatever. Well, it's like there's like a weirdly uh, convoluted sort of mythology where like the Fear family is like connected to all these weird going ons. Uh, okay. Whereas like Sarah Fear was like you know part of the cheerleader books, right? Uh, and like I also kind of think that like R.L. Stein was just throwing whatever spooky names he could at things. It's like yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like an old timey rich man, he's dead and he's a ghost and it's Fear. Okay, let's get some money, you know? Uh huh. I got a new Fear. Blades Fear's his name. And uh, this one's a different type of ghost. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> this one's a knife ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's pretty I'm pretty sure that's one of the ghosts in 13 ghosts. I'm pretty sure there's a ghost. <laughs> oh, definitely. Without a doubt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so there is a whole town centered around this like you're saying, Chad. There's a whole fear town. Yeah, and I and I am just I in my mind I find it a very fascinating concept because I'm like I'm trying to partition it in my head of how like the people in Fear Street. That's not the town. The town's called like Sunny Dale, not Sunnydale, that's Buffy. Yeah. So Shadyville or whatever. <laughs> Shadyville. Shadyville, like, it's, mm-hmm. it just lives in that kind of, like, fictional world where people in Gotham just live with ni- the nightmares, right? It's like, <laughs> right. yeah, right. there's a Fear Street where there's been murders and, like, witches and all sorts of crazy stuff, but, like, we just don't go to that neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Go there. That's, that's the bad neighborhood. That's the crime alley of, like, sh- uh, their, like, little <laughs> suburb, which I also love that, like, in this book, like the big city kid doesn't believe there's a bad part of town. Oh, yeah. that's a city thing. <laughs> that's that's for us. You guys just make it up so you don't feel bored out here. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's also yeah. Let's talk about Chuck, the the oh, big boy. city kid who has come in. We we we're, we're following not Chuck, but instead Jade, the friend of Dina. Dina's our main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Oh. Yeah, please. And, and something with the beginning of this book, and, and Josie, please let me know if you also noticed this, because you're also a Goosebuds reader. Do you do you notice that in like the first chapter of every book that R.L. Stein writes, he goes freaking crazy with references to things. Like he just like goes, ah. he's like, it's like a reference riff shot. Like he just keeps going, boom, 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 boom. And I think he's trying to build credibility like instantly uh-huh. in the kid's mind. I, I love it because like sometimes it works but like I remember thinking at the very beginning of this book because like he's like you know his prologue is like gonna be the red herring of like who is plotting a murder could it be Mm -hmm. the troubled boy coming into town but then like that first chapter is like 
I think one of the most labored versions of trying to write teen girls I've ever read in my <laughs> it's entire incredible. life. Like down to like, I, it took me a, a little bit to figure out what he thought they were doing because they're squirting like hair gel into the sink. Into the sink. What was that all about? Oh, is that what was happening? <laughs> to put on their heads and then let it dry without any styling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, because Jade is sitting there with her hair around on her, like, on her shoulders with a towel, and they just slather it in and let it sit. Is that not how that works? Is that not what, <laughs> is that not what hair does? Hey, number one, like, again, being, like, somebody who was a teen girl in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, that is, like, hair gel, even an expensive hair gel is, like, that's, like, 15 bucks, down, like, literally down the sink. <laughs> Don't do yeah. that. And then the second thing is, like, when you use, like, hair gel was legitimately being used in the 90s, so uh, mm-hmm. good on you, R.L. Stein, for being part of the times. <laughs> but, like, you use it to style your hair. Like, you would, uh-huh. you would like, do curls, or, like, I would do a thing called crunching, where you, like, sort of did curls, and then you would literally crunch the curls up with hair gel to get sort of, like, a nice crisp look to it that, like, sure. kept your hair. But, like, you wouldn't just shellac it on your head. <laughs> <laughs> and then wait for it to dry. Right now, Chad is like, "That's not what you do." And there's a slather of thick yeah, hair across his forehead. I just got there's, there's just there's something about Mary levels of goo in my hair. Just that's <laughs> yeah. well, not not to be mean to RL. I mean, I, we we assume he was born bald, pretty much. So like maybe maybe he just doesn't know, right? Like he just doesn't live in that world. Sure, sure, that's fair. And it, I I get it because it's like a little bit of the '80s, like setting up everything. Like, oh, girls, we're having a sleepover like hair thing and we're talking mm-hmm. about boys um but like it's it's also amazing just the the level of like oh jade you love the bad boys i do oh you like it's just very, very like this feels uh-huh. like he like watched like i don't know friday the 13th and like took notes yes. of like okay teens interacting got it chapter one <laughs> <laughs> I got the girl. I got the girl who likes bad boys. I got the girl who's demure and her friend. And we got to bring a bad boy in. All right, got it. Imagine RL in an AOL chat room, just going, "So who likes who likes teen boys?" and just typing that in and going, "Oh no, this is not the chat room I wanted." Oh no. <laughs> uh, when I I don't know where this note came from, but I know it's from the beginning of it. Henry Raven. I just had to write that name down because Henry it was an incredible Raven. name. I didn't pick that up. Who's Henry Raven in this story? I don't think Henry Raven played any part in this story. I just wrote the name <laughs> down because I was like, Henry Raven. And I was, that's incredible. Quite frankly, I feel like Henry Raven should have played a part in the story more than Dina, who is very much a drip. <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny. It's funny because Dina kind of seemed like she had personality in the first chapter like a as you said a like kind of a boxed personality but like she seemed like she had that and then i felt like any sort of like uh like any sort of like uh forward momentum that she had of her own was gone once that once that chapter ended jade drove this entire thing oh jade been is charismatic jade. as hell jade is i want to follow the jade story i am on team jade all the way she is coming up with the plan she is like crushing on chuck although like also, Dina is kind of crushing yes. on Chuck. Yo. Yes, that's what I wanted yes. to ask you all. I was getting Absolutely. like... Yeah, I, w- I was getting like a very heavy like... Not that this is going to go towards like an adult film style, but this felt like the plot of like an erotic story about like my my stepbrother from across the country who moved in and he's like 
rescuing a dog from a burning car and like uh, yeah. and like his shirt was ripped or something this feels like a romance novel almost she was putting chuck over for sure at the beginning like <laughs> she was selling him to the to the reader for like Arlo was like i gotta do the hard work here so that this so this jade thing is believable yeah 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 nobody's gonna believe that a girl would like a teenage boy unless i explain yeah. how tight his shirt is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> meanwhile i'm like yeah tell me more rl please give me more details about chuck and I, I will admit, because I read this when I was, like, eight, like, mm-hmm. largely what I remembered from the book is the basic, like, uh, prank call setup and then the insane ending. I truly mm-hmm. forgot that, like, A, the majority of this book is a murder mystery. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. then B, that, like, it, like in chapter three, it goes from, like, zero to 60 and, like, Chuck mm-hmm. shows up mm-hmm. and... While they're coming back from the airport, like there's an explosion on the highway as like uh-huh. there's a five car pile. I love, I loved that part, especially because this accident happens as they're picking Chuck up from the airport, uh, and the dad's first advice when the when the accident happens is get out of the car; it'll be safer outside. And I was like, "What are you talking exactly? about? Exactly, I don't think that's safe at all. I think that's the worst idea." I mean, judging on all of the decisions the adults made in this book, like, it seems very oh. par for the course. Yes, yes. By the final decision that father makes at the end of this, yes, 100%. Sure, sure. Also, these parents exist in a, like, maybe this is just what living in in Shadyville, Fear Street Town, does to you. They seem, like, removed from emotion for most of it like uh-huh. like <laughs> right. the father his has a son from a previous marriage that he's only talked to twice or or at least dean has only ever like met twice mm-hmm. uh which happens but also just feel like he's very removed but then his son is a ch- like charged with murder and 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 it's like they're having dinner and he's just kind of like annoyed as if like the garage like door hadn't <laughs> yeah, been working. Right. He's like, ah, oh, I'm or like, just, a, or like Chuck's like a dog, like a bad dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. like not overcome with grief, not like vis- like not even getting a lawyer or anything. It's just a like, <sighs> yeah. yeah, like, oh, that Chuck really getting arrested and making my life hard. It, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chuck, why are you doing this to me, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> Should we, should we, I mean, yeah, there's about like 10 chapters I'd say of just like, I feel like there was a love triangle story between Dina, Jade, and Chuck. That was just mm-hmm. the like, the fun with calling and also the fun of Dina like calling boys and just telling them that she likes them. I like how like low stakes the pranks are at first uh-huh. where it's just, you know, it's basically like Prince, do you have Prince Albert in a can? But it's, it's yeah. even yeah. less. It's like Dina maybe you can muster up the courage to say hello to Rob, your crush, and then hang up the yeah, phone right. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, by the way, I love, there was just like a line of like in the description where she's calling Rob, the, the crush boy, like either the first or second time. And as soon as Dina's like, oh, uh, I just think you're really handsome and cute. Like maybe we should kiss or whatever. And then the description was, Suddenly, Rob didn't seem so sleepy. Rob seemed like he was awake. I'm like, RL, dude. Like, I, I know what you're saying there, but like. Arlo was Thurston. He was Arl Thurston this whole book. This is kind of a sexy book in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Except for the murder. Except for the murder part. But like, it's also like, it's also like weirdly like the murders related to the like man's mistress and wanting to leave. Like, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of like weird messed up romance happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, book. yeah. 
Yeah, you know, the fact that Jade, I think, actually tells Dina to be sexy on the phone, I was like, whoa, you can't say the word sexy in an R.L. Stein book? That's not allowed. <laughs> Did you forget where you are, Chad? You're on Fear I'm Street, I'm on Fear baby. Street. I'm on, nothing scarier than, than having sex for the first time. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we should, like, we should, real quick, one of the great things was in the beginning, that first chapter, when they're gelling each other's hair, uh, <laughs> uh, Jade does notice that, that, um, Dina has this, this, I don't even know what the telephone looks like. The way it's described, it sounds like it's an entire switchboard. I think this is like the first time R.L. Stein has ever heard of the idea of like, like, like direct calling anyone. Uh Like he's, he's just like describing it as these two teenagers, like explaining to each other, like what being able to like speed dial is like, he's describing Uh speed dial. But like in these tones of wonder, do you realize that this phone? <laughs> Instead of dialing in nine numbers, I could just push one and it goes straight to Grandmama. <laughs> I also appreciate that he felt like he needed to set up that her dad works for the phone company, which is why she has this marvel of yes. a phone. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't come into the story in any way. There's never like a, we got to break into my dad's office and use the phone uh-huh. network or whatever. It's just saying, this is why we have this brand new technology. You're right, Joseph. Yeah, so like we discover this this elaborate phone. Uh, and that's what leads them to, like we were just talking about, these, these very juvenile uh, pranks, which are fine. They're juveniles. They're allowed to do that, right? Uh, but then they, you know, their fun is over. They got to go pick up uh, Chuck and they pick him up and there's the accident and everything. Uh, and then first day of school, Chuck gets in a fight and pulls a knife on somebody. <laughs> Never explains why. Yeah, that was right after the explosion, too. So, like, the, the, the yeah. course of events are we have to pick up Chuck. On the way back from picking up Chuck, there's an ex- like pile-up explosion that uh-huh. he darts in and saves this dog out of this burning car. And then the next chapter is, uh-oh, Chuck pulled a knife on a guy at school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chuck is rad. Chuck is, like, kind of rad. Well, like, yeah, like again... When you're being when he's being described, he's like your classic like '90s aloof bad boy, right? Like uh-huh. that classic like I don't really care about anything, but I'll save a dog, you know? Like and because we're 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 trying to play with a little mystery here. But then the, yes, we do find out that he is indeed a psychopath on the first day of school when he pulls the knife. And then when the kids go home that night, it's what like Friday night, and they're gonna do some pranking, and Chuck. <laughs> Chuck, which which I don't know about you two, but when I was in, that was pretty much what you would do when you were bored on a Friday night. It's like, all right, we'll just call some people and we'll just fuck around on the phone, right? Did you do prank so, calls? I just want to know. I no, actually I was I was too cowardly to do. Prank <laughs> calls. See, I would do I would do prank AOL chat rooms. Like my friends and I okay. would ha- like, but like this is like years later because like AOL chat rooms didn't come up until well after this book was written. Uh-huh, uh, but yeah. yeah, we would we would jump in chat rooms and like pretend to be like thirty years old. Like we yeah. were just like pretending yeah. to. Which was very convincing for a group of, uh-huh. like, 14-year-olds to be like, ah, yes, we have business in the city. We're 30. Yeah. <laughs> I know 30-something stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We go into Washington, D.C. all the time on the metro. <laughs> on the bullet train that only adults can ride. <laughs> Josie, we actually did very similar stuff in middle, I remember like middle school, getting on AOL chat rooms, and you'd go into, like, whatever the sexy chat room is at AOL. You know, it'd be like, the lounge, yeah, the lounge yeah. 24, you know, all, mm-hmm. and then like we would just go in and then just pretend to be internet police. Wow, really? And they go like, oh, hey, oh, hey, this chat is too inappropriate. This is the internet police. You're all getting ridden up. 
And then, like, and then you'd see everyone in the chat room going, oh, we gotta get out of here. Like, oh, everyone in this chat room is 14. Everyone in this chat room is 14 pretending to be 30. <laughs> I, like the, I like the internet police. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get you. We're gonna come for your AOL discs that you've been using as a frisbee. Give us the free minutes back. <laughs> yeah, you have to do, I think, if the, AOL police, if the AOL police did get you, you did have to do community service in equal amounts to the amount of free AOL you used. That was oh, the punishment. Oh my god. And they make you work on printing those, like, free trial discs. Yes, that's how, that's how they made so many of them, was all the, all the kids that got in trouble for pretending to be <laughs> That's why they came up with chat rooms, is to uh, reinstate child labor in the United States. Oh my States. god! It was the grift. It was a grift all along. <laughs> Guys, the murder is not the only mystery being solved with this Fear Street book right now. We're getting, we're getting to the bottom of some shit here, guys. Uh, Sorry, so, but you were describing the plies. Oh, well, no, no, no. no I lo- you know we love these tangents. You know that's what we're here oh, for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I just wanted to say that he pulls the knife, right? And then they, they get home that night after the knife fight. Uh and they're doing their prank calls. And then he makes a bomb threat as his first prank phone call. It's again, zero to 60. Well, that's what you get with Chuck. Yes, Chuck's, <laughs> Chuck likes <laughs> to live on the edge for sure. Chuck Chuck in his room, they never describe, it's just like doing five finger filet with his knife blade, just like over his desk. They don't ever show you what his room looks like. And I'm sure there's a wood table that he's just. No. They also never explain what the fight was about at all, other than he calls up the kid that he pulled a knife on and says the Phantom of Fear Street. He calls himself the Phantom of Fear Street, yes. Uh, but, Paul, I want to let you keep going. So this is the, that's the night where they do the the second round of pranks, right? Right, and so like, there's a couple, there's a couple, they're doing, like, their, their fun time, like, calling the boys they like and pranking them, right? And just, like, basically just flirting, which is, you know, that's an innocent little thing they do. Chuck overhears it uh, like a creep. And uh, and then decides to barge in and calls in a bomb threat to the uh, to the bowling alley. <laughs> oh, yeah, was there a reason why Chuck made a bomb threat on a, 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 a bowling alley? Was there like That's someone there he didn't Chuck like? He is. That's okay. just who Chuck. <laughs> I. He's just doing what Chuck does best, which is being a wild card. I guess so. <laughs> Chuck is an explosion unto himself. <laughs> Chuck is like. Is going to f- discover Project Mayhem in a couple years <laughs> yes. and just totally yes. get into it. Chuck has that amount of toxic masculinity yeah. inside of him for sure. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Look, Dina says it herself. There's like two Chucks and one's a sweet mm-hmm. guy who like would probably agree with her to follow the rules. And then the other Chuck, oh boy, he's a real roller coaster. Uh, yeah, I, I, when I came up, I was like, this feels... Like the exact formula for any like rom com romance book of like, but I can fix him. Mm-hmm. He's so dangerous. He's so mm-hmm. dangerous, yeah. but I can fix him. But it's her half brother, so no, you can't, Dina. <laughs> no, you can't. Don't fix that, Dina. Uh, yeah, they can't fix Chuck. He's he's causing a lot of problems. He like like we said, he's uh, he's he's up to eleven at all times. He's zero to sixty. Uh, I did have to write a quote down because I think they like decided after this happened. Um, this is, an- this is another real t- uh, teen girl quote. Definitely came out of teen girls' mouths, uh, which is, <laughs> I think they were saying that they shouldn't do this anymore. And I believe Jade says, but I like telephoning, and so do you. <laughs> it's the hottest new craze, telephoning. We all telephoning. love it. Every girl wants to telephone and schlack gel on their heads. I do appreciate, like, RL takes a lot of glee explaining how, like, un- 
the unholy light that comes into Jade's eyes when she's like, ah, yes, I can telephone another <laughs> yes. prank. Like, like she is into it. I honestly really like Jade as like as a character because I like I like her I like that like uh that passion for for uh for a little bit of like a little bit of prankishness, you know, I like that. She, sure. She's got some she's she's fun, she's a fun person. But I like that she's also uh into crime and confidence skills as well. She likes <laughs> She's very good. She's very good at at manipulating people, and it's well, very she, fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, she's also like I feel like she's encouraging Dina to come out of her shell a little bit with the that's true. Call a boy and tell them you like him. That wasn't mm-hmm. too hard, right? And mm-hmm. then they're and then they're gonna meet up on a date at some point, which I guess like, right. Okay, yeah. It's good intentioned. It's good intentioned yeah. manipulation. I'll say <laughs> yes. If there can be such a thing. Well, yeah, and this is the part of the book that like the I think coming up that really threw me was the the wrong number right the, mm-hmm. the, the the titular mistake i i have been so assuming to always think in horror tropes of the killer calls you right like mm-hmm. scream made that a whole mm-hmm. thing i know what it did. like that is the 90s slasher i feel like trope to a t of the calls are coming from inside the house you're on the mm-hmm. phone you know who the guy is i loved mm-hmm. this almost like flip on well we we pick a number from the book Mm-hmm. And we'll pick one from Fear Street to prove a point, and we just happen to call during a murder. Yeah. Yes, calling the murderer during a murder while he is murdering <laughs> uh, someone <laughs> is like a nice twist, and also like bo- like only could happen on Fear Street, you guys. Yes, only on Fear Street for sure. I guess what happens, and what we're kind of unpacking the the, the re- reveal at the end, along with as they're discovering is. They call a random number, like Abernathy. I can't remember what their actual name is. It's like Abernathy or something. Uh, Far- Farbersons. The Farbersons. 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 I was not even close. And <laughs> I believe the woman on the line is like, help, I'm being murdered right now. Help. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's like, there he is killing me. And they're like, yeah. what? And the murderer's like, <laughs> it makes some sort of groan. <laughs> I think it's described that the murderer groans. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, which again, that uh, not only do they call up the murderer house while the murder's happening, but like right afterwards, uh, my favorite part, like they're not going to just call the police. They got to go check it out. And and you know what? Like good on them for not calling the cops because we, as we were saying in the beginning, we got a bit of an ACAP situation going on here. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but I love that their reasoning is, well, we called in a bomb threat. So the cops do not like us. So we can't call the yeah. cops. We have to go. We have to go vigilante here and, and take care of this. I also like that right at that, like thinking makes it feel like the cops have the ability to trace <laughs> yes. back calls, which very quickly becomes apparent the cops do not well. have that ability. So these kids are worrying for no reason because the cops will never be able to no. catch anyone. And we found out that Jade is a very good liar. We know Jade could have lied out of this situation, but I think that Chuck took control of the situation for the worst, obviously. Don't listen to Chuck. And 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 drives <laughs> yeah. them... Well, actually, I think uh, Dina drives them right to the murder house. Yes, I think. Yes. Which is also the first time I realized how old these kids are yeah. supposed to be. I'm like, oh, okay, they're all 15 and 16. Yeah, when, okay. when they were like, we're going to grab the keys, I was like, what? But, what? but again, I, I, as a reader of Goosebuds, that was very strange. You know, yeah, it's, doing- it, oh, yeah. We're, by the way, at this point in Goosebuds, in, in Goosebumps, we always just call it the same thing. I just call at it Goosebumps. At this point in Goosebumps yeah. book, like, the murder would have been, like, somehow a mummy on the other line calling, like, <laughs> yes. come wrap me up. And then, like, there would have been... 
like a, a curse on their doorstep at some point. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. none of this reality would be poking through. Uh, right. Well, I, yeah, I think like there are uh, things happen in the in this book as opposed to <laughs> that's also true. In, in, in as opposed <laughs> as opposed to goosebumps where things don't happen. Uh, I think you know something I noticed just an overall note about this, and I want to hear what you guys think about this. Uh, I know, reading these, and I haven't read A Fear Street since we read the Cheerleader one like years ago. Uh, reading these, I realized that R.L. Stein does know how to write books, and I think that he it's very apparent that he really dumbs them down for kids and is not he's insulting the intelligence of kids with the Goosebumps series for the most part. Oh yeah, no, it, it feels like these were like his passion project, and then Goosebumps. Like, he, like, tripped into Goosebumps and is like, all right, well, if I uh, take out all of the drama and half the murders, uh, I could have a little empire here. Yeah, it's weird for him to be pulling his... I I was going through that, like, is this somehow another, right? Josie, we talk a lot about, like, how there's... there's, We're pretty sure there's ghostwriters for uh, a lot of his Goosebumps books, and Mm -hmm. we're like... Maybe this passes over into Fear Street, but like, mm-hmm. there's a couple of the Telltale still signatures. He loves describing what characters are wearing. Uh, it, it really, really doesn't matter. He loves writing. Uh, oh, I let out a low moan. Like that's just his favorite way to describe mm-hmm. a character. Well, and it's this is definitely like I think a book that he wrote because this is like the fifth book in the Fear Street series. Like this yeah. is uh the very beginning of all of the fear street books like i think the ones later on where it's like a new fear on fear street that the covers also look like somebody watched the matrix and we're just like put green on everything <laughs> Ooh. those books i think are largely uh okay gotcha I, I, didn't, I, I just looked up because i didn't know what the order of his writing was josie but I, but you're right he Fear Street was the first stuff, so I think that's oh, that's one hundred percent right. Yeah. Is that these were these were his passion, and the Goosebumps books are just yeah. like, well, I I guess I can just pump these out on the weekend when I'm not writing my Fear Street books, right? <laughs> yeah, and like there are, I will defend Fear Street that there are some Fear Street books that are like legitimately like really like. A lot of them are obviously recycled plots of like, I watched a slasher movie or this is an urban Mm -hmm. legend. But like, there's some of that, like, uh, I think the other book I was telling you guys that I really loved, which is out of print, which is Scream, Jennifer Scream, has like a really good tense plot and like is really unique and interesting. Like, I think that he's doing some interesting stuff with Fear Street that then he just realized he could sort of like redo for some of his Goosebumps Mm. books. You might be right. Also, I mean, uh, another testament, I don't think it was in the, the cheerleader one we read. I don't know if you remember this in, in other ones, Josie, but like, I loved the cut to uh, a ch- mini chapters of like the killer's yeah, thoughts. Yeah, what was that? I guess. It didn't really yes. finalize that, but yeah, that was interesting. No, it didn't mean it to really do no. anything. I thought it was interesting. Well, because I think he was trying to set up that maybe this is a red herring and that Chuck gotcha. is somehow involved uh-huh. in the murders. Because, yeah. like, it's, you know, it's starting out like, ah, I've got a plan and it's all because of my parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which is, once you realize that the murderer is a full-grown man, that becomes weird and he doesn't do those chapters <laughs> yeah, yeah. anymore. <laughs> but I do appreciate him flipping back to the murderer's perspective where he's just like, ah, yes, I've murdered once. Now Shall I, I murder again? again? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> me thinks I shall. <laughs> yeah, I thought the, I did think those chapters were, were interesting. It starts off with that as the prologue, which is a, a kind of, it's a fun way to start it. Yeah, and also well, because we, because RL has this like a masked killer, mm-hmm. right? This, this, what mm-hmm. they, what they encounter when they get to the house is 
dead body, blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. My goosebumps instincts are like, well, this is all fake. This is some sort of like surprise mm-hmm. party, you know, like, or what? Because nothing can be real <laughs> yeah. in goosebumps. Uh, everything always has to be a prank. No, there's just a man with a mask, like staring like still there the jason Voorhees is still in the room the like knife the bloody knife that the woman was stabbed to death with is still there and like even when like this guy's coming this guy starts coming after them and chuck picks up the knife and the murder is like ha kid you're not gonna do (laughs) anything with that that. yeah yeah just like oh dude don't worry i came from the tough streets and he throws the knife into the (laughs) wall like i was pretty impressed with just that move (laughs) <laughs> he's like run <laughs> i do also appreciate that throughout this whole novel there's key points where people point out that they should call someone yes. on the phone uh-huh. like as if it's a motif they're like we should call the police right now the murderer is already here quick chuck throw that knife and we gotta <laughs> yeah. go it's funny because they do, they only use the phone when they shouldn't use the phone and then every time that they should they yes. don't use it which is i guess yeah i guess that's yes. the motif here right is that that they're, they're just using phones entirely wrong I mean, not even to, to put any blame on the victim. I do find it interesting that she was near a phone and able to answer mm-hmm. it, but not able to call 911. But maybe yeah. she was about to call. Maybe she's about to dial 911 and, they, and the they, call they... coming. You know, yeah. You ever like you're on your cell phone, you're about to call someone and then someone else, you're like your 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 mom calls. You're like, ah, not right now, mom. I can't. But you pick it. I'm like, oh, hey, mom. Yeah. Okay, fine. We'll talk. Look, I, I think you could say that they're really culpable for her murder, which is why they have to solve who actually yeah, it's murdered gu- her. It's the That's guilt of the murder that they caused, that they enabled, is what's driving them through the rest of this book, for sure. We kind of contaminated a crime scene and then <laughs> yeah. proceeded to not, like, I agree with you, ACAP. Like, the one time they probably should have told the cops was when they got in their car and were being chased by the Yeah, there were the a killer. couple moments, there Maybe, were a couple moments yeah. where cops might have been able to help here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the killer the killer chase was one just reporting in general that a woman had been stabbed yes. to death. Uh, it would mm-hmm. be two. Uh, although to to the kids' credit, uh, once because the you know the cops show up and they arrest Chuck because his prints are all mm-hmm. over the knife. Once they do try to come clean, these cops do not believe no. them. these cops. And again, talking about real crime, I was reading this. The cops are one; they're incredibly aloof, and two, insistent. That they got the guy right. That they that Chuck is their is their criminal. And from watching many real crime things, that's one hundred percent true in what cops do. Yeah, no, that part did track. That was like we got the, we got the, at least a piece of evidence to yes. be done with our job. We're done. We this job good. is done. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I thought it was interesting how much they they spread out the the mystery over who is the masked man, only in that it felt like beyond obvious that it was mm-hmm. the husband, like. There's just a, oh, like yeah. even that night when the detectives show up, they're like, "Well, Mister Favrebacker, I'm sorry, I'm blinking out whatever his name is, Farberson. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, think. yeah. He he showed up right afterwards and found the body and yeah. said that he saw you guys do. And I'm like, well, so then clearly yeah, he's the killer. Right. Like, like that, like that, like obviously yes. he, the the two men is one man. Were you both uh, waiting for a twist they, like, there? Were you both waiting for that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I didn't realize that because like, obviously it takes them like a chapter or two for these kids to figure out that actually mm-hmm. the husband was the murderer. But I thought there'd be like some twists, but yeah. there wasn't straight as an arrow. That man mm-hmm. did it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It was it was such a non twist that it actually surprised me. Like, yes. like the I know the mask is there to keep the kids figure mm-hmm. out who it is, but it sure felt like it was a murder built 
on wearing a mask. And I guess because he didn't describe it, I just thought it was like a spooky Halloween mask. Not mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, so like, oh, there's there's someone in the neighborhood who is like killing people that isn't this man. I definitely thought it was a, a, yeah. a fake out of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. And well, also also like, am I wrong in that to jump a, a beat or two ahead when the girl start, you know, Chuck is arrested and goes to jail uh like when they start doing their investigation they have another run in with the mass killer right like he's what he's why? in their yeah, car what that? <laughs> so like it's it's very it's very weird because it's like they yeah they run into him again i i just remember that like when they like run into him and he like grabs their shoulders and they just remember like the thing that stuck out to me was the fact that they knew his blood like garlic, like, yeah. garlic. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that was a big clue which i mean i guess like the guy owns a pizza place uh-huh so I guess you're supposed to put those two together, but it's 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 mainly just he smells like garlic, but then he lets them go and he's like, You don't want me to really murder you <laughs> yeah, later, essentially. Yeah. That was <laughs> Yeah, no, he gives him a lot of chances actually. He says, Stop looking it's that's why I thought maybe the mass killer was gonna be a fake out of like he's not actually the yes. killer, he's some sort of like Fear Street Vigilante or yeah. something. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. I, I was mean, honestly, expecting. I was kind of pulling for Chuck right. somehow. Like, throughout uh-huh. this, I'm like, oh, boy, wouldn't it be fun if Chuck somehow, like, put together this murder for some reason? Uh, but no, Chuck is just a patsy who the police have fingered for this crime. <laughs> and he's legitimately in jail. Uh-huh. And, and, and then I, I mean, this is the part of the book that I truly forgot happened, but is 90% of the book is these girls being like, well, we won't get justice from the cops. Let's put on wigs and investigate uh-huh. uh, the husband <laughs> on our own yeah. and pretend to be 18 and try to get a job at his pizza shop. And oh, that, that way so we can fun. find This clues. is like an incredible like Twin Peaks moment, right? Where, like, the high schoolers are out solving crimes during the day. And you're like, how, why, where are you finding the time to do this? And I love that they go to the cops after they kind of get a hint, right, that they think Mr. Farberson did this, right? And I love that mm-hmm. the cops' answer to this is, well, we got your brother and we got his prints. Also, Mr. Farberson is a businessman. And businessmen do not murder people. Yeah. Okay. That part felt <laughs> real. That part felt, felt very real. Them going, like, well, he's a, he's a local yeah. legend. I also appreciate that these girls, like, like at some point when, like, Chuck is first picked up, the dad mentions, like, don't talk without a lawyer. But then these girls are constantly on the phone with the mm-hmm. detectives, showing up <laughs> to talk to the detectives. No lawyers around. No adults nope. around. I don't think her dad knows that she keeps calling up the lead detective on this yeah, homicide. No. And not only that, but getting through. Like, who on the switchboard's like, all right, detective, it's those teen girls. <laughs> again well we can't like hang up on them and tell their parents they're calling better uh, be sarcastic and mean yeah, to might them. as well erode any confidence <laughs> they have in our ability to do their jobs you know the the entire like the police system is is just asleep at the wheel in this entire like i i think the i guess i don't know how crime murder uh forensics work but like I was shocked that when they that go they back find to- evidence in the house. Well, they find evidence, yeah. but also the crime is just like still there. They're like the chalk outline of the body is still. I guess it happens. And apparently, like- Mr. Farberson is living in the crime scene still. Yeah, he goes yeah, to sleep allowed. on the couch, like surrounded by the murder scene. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really did not expect him to still be in the house. <laughs> no. Why? Why yeah. would he be in the house? <laughs> Like, who? 
I mean, it's it's like every single time you read a Fear Street book, it, it really is that like feeling of like, uh, forget it, kids. It's <laughs> yeah, Chinatown. Right. Like it's just like people are like, uh, you know, like Simon Fear messed this place up. Anyhow, time to get a donut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're approaching we're approaching the th- the main thrust of the ending here, right? So like Tina and Jade, they're doing as we said, they're they're dressing up as adults. They go to Mister Farberson's uh, place of business and pretend to apply for a job so that they can root through his stuff and find any like any clues or anything like that. Which they they do root through around and they find a pair of tickets to go to Buenos Aires, uh, uh, which is like the most nineties <laughs> yeah. place to run away to. Uh, and then, uh, so they find two tickets for that weekend and they're like, we got to get him before he leaves. He's going to flee, but we don't have proof yet that he killed his wife. They find, they go, they eventually go to, uh, his old, um, assistant's house and find, Mm -hmm. uh, that his assistant and him are having an affair. And then, uh, the assistant hands Mr. Farberson a, a box and says that they, they need to, he needs to get rid of it. He needs to dispose of it. Which, uh-huh. in a moment of uh, maybe a little bit of empathy for Mr. Farberson, he tries to he he prepares to throw it out in front of the house, and then thinks better of it and takes it to his work to throw it out. And the kids sneak into the garbage and find it, and it's a dead it's a dead cat. Which I think well, because they they are convinced it's going to be yes, the bloody mask, yes. yeah, and like clothes to like prove it. And like honestly, like reading it, I was like. I don't remember this part. Are they going to find like yeah. a head? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, is there like a limb missing from Mrs. Farberson? Uh-huh. Yeah, like a finger or something. Yeah, like, like, yeah, it, it, yeah you think it's going to be something horrible. And it is something horrible. <laughs> it's a dead cat. Uh, and then I, which is just it's a, a sad thing. It's an unrelated it's a sad, sad thing. thing. And I was like, yeah. I was like, well, he was thinking about throwing it out in the front yard, which is terrible, Mr. Farberson. But at least, at least the murderer for a moment had a moment of being kind of nice and took the cat and buried it somewhere. Sure. Quote unquote buried it. Didn't even bury it. Threw it into garbage with a bunch of rats. Mm-hmm. Which then they, they gotta dig into uh, t- and to find uh, to that uh, uh, uh-huh. cat in a, a great cliffhanger and being like, they opened up the, box. the bo- bag and they screamed. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, it's a dead Did cat. You like that lampshading moment uh, where they get into the trash, right? And they're, they're, they're rooting around uh-huh. in the trash and there's just loose trash everywhere. Uh, and the, yes. the two of the workers from the restaurant come out and throw trash bags into it with them. And the bags almost hit them. And they're like, why don't they throw everything out in bags in this, in this beautiful lampshading moment of just being like, like I got to explain uh-huh. why there's just loose trash in here instead of just a bunch of bags. I love that. I, I liked that a lot because I, real talk, I think every time I take the trash out to the dumpster... I think about keeping it in the bag and tight in case someone needs to get into that dumpster later to look for stuff. I yeah. would make it as, as pain-free as possible no, for them. No, see, see, I feel like the opposite. Because, like, if I, mm-hmm. I, like, who knows what crimes I may have to commit <laughs> later on. You gotta, you gotta set it now that no teens can really find evidence because you're just like, fuck it. Like, pizza in. Uh, let's just dump some castor oil in here. Swish it around. You're right. Yeah, you should, you should have a big broom to just swirl yeah, around like the trash. Yeah, like a witch's broom that you're just... <laughs> <laughs> I love that, I, Josie. I love that insurance policy for potential maybe crimes you might commit. I, I think that's really smart. Yeah, you, you got you, you got to plan ahead, fellas. That's what Mister Farberson <laughs> didn't do. <laughs> he needed to keep he needed oh, yeah, to keep also, a nastier trash bin, is what we're saying. <laughs> a nastier trash bin, and you're right. Maybe, maybe 
any of the evidence that was around the house you could have gotten rid of. There's so many bits uh-huh. of evidence. Like it's it's astonishing the sheer amount of like notes and things. It's just like, all right, he's got the tickets with him and his mm-hmm. girlfriend. <laughs> and then he once the girls go to investigate the house because nobody's listening to them and like Chuck is like In legit. Jail. I hate yeah. jail. Please get me out of jail. I hate it here. Not only that, oh yeah, all the men here are real criminals. None yes. of them have been none of them have been wrongly convicted, by the way. These are all Real criminals. There's a man who's bragging about killing an entire family in here. Get me out. Which, of like, here. frankly, is maybe the most '90s thing of all. Is the idea of, well, this this one white kid is wrongly accused, but everybody else they in this jail, well, they really yeah. deserve to be locked <laughs> <Yeah>. away. <laughs> here's the here's the thing, Chuck. Is no matter what, you might go to jail for calling in a bomb threat. I don't know. I, what penalty I is thought for about that. that. I was like, I was like, well, Chuck, you're going to jail at some point because you did you did two crimes here that I know of. <laughs> I I did love that. Though. That the scene where they were like, he hates jail, and everybody else here is bad for sure. Yes, Joe. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you were setting it up. They, they when oh, they yes, get to the yes. house, right? They find the most damning evidence, which is the the letter from the former wife, the deceased, mm-hmm. the victim. Yes, saying like full on all of the motivations, like. Dear husband, uh, you have blown so much of my money. There, you are you are terrible at running a pizza place. <laughs> God, you're just a piece of shit. I am leaving you and taking what money I have. I'm divorcing you and taking all my money with me. Like it's just like the perfect amount of motivation. Uh-huh. Like, and it, it's all written neatly out in this note that he's just like put in mm-hmm. a drawer in his file. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, yeah, he's filed it away for like. Well, well can't let anybody know the motivation for my. Well, crime. the tax account might need it later next I year. I filed you never it under know. M for motive so that I so that I can find <laughs> it. Later. So yeah, no, but that leads up to I think my favorite part <laughs> of this uh a book, which is the girls after they've unsuccessfully put on wigs and try to get a job uh, <laughs> at the pizza place to look for clues, which they did find, you know, mm-hmm. the two tickets, and then they uh, follow the cat lead, which leads to a literal dead mm-hmm. end, and then Chuck is like, I'm going to die in mm-hmm. prison. Uh, they go to the house, they find this motive note, and then Mr. Farberson comes in and catches uh-huh. them uh, and locks them in a room, and they're like, okay, well, we know this room has this, like, window that uh, basically is hitting this branch. We'll just climb out uh, uh, the window into this tree and get away, and they climb out the tree, and then they hear the sound <laughs> of a chainsaw. <laughs> Because oh. Mr. Farberson has taken a chainsaw and he is going to saw down the tree. I love that. The this. girls are currently climbing oh, And it's on. raining and he's got wild whites of his eyes showing. He's gone completely insane. He, well, he leaves. He's leaving in like 12 right, hours. Right. Yes. Right. Like they, they say before they climb out on the tree, like you could let us go and just get on your plane. We won't tell anyone. I, I think this is before they get on the tree to saw. And I, I was, but his wounded man pride will not allow him to do that. So no, the saw must come out. The chainsaw must come out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Can I? Can I just call? It, there's a moment before the chainsaw. Because I'm with you, Josie. That's my favorite fucking point. Where it just goes full mm-hmm. on Looney Tunes. Right. Mm-hmm. Is is the part where they're caught uh, by mm-hmm. Mr. F. And he's like, I think at least choked out one yes. of them already. Oh, like, he choked yeah. out Jade like, and yeah, like knocked that, her out. Yeah. The darkest scene I'd say is probably when he corners them in the one room. Uh, Dina runs, which is probably actually the smarter thing to do if you can't fight back. Mm-hmm. She actually mm-hmm. runs. Uh, and as far Jade's fate is unknown and for Jade, a couple chapters. There's a line. Like, so we were talking about how we thought maybe 
he didn't do it. And there's a moment where they where he kind of paints it like maybe this was a misunderstanding, right? Like maybe Mr. Yeah. Farberson didn't uh-huh. do it. And then Farberson twists a little bit. Um, and uh, Jay tries to hit him with an ashtray and he misses. <laughs> and he goes, so you like to play rough, don't you? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Even if you're innocent right now, whoa. that was creepy as shit. So yeah. do not, like, yeah. you've, uh-huh. you're, you've dug, you dug yourself into a hole, Mr. Farberson, no matter what. Well, well exactly. Exact, that's what he's still in that moment. I think like there's a version where Mr. F is Mr. F. like, I just I have just <laughs> given up on trying to say his name for whatever reason. It is just a void in my I like head. How cozy you've gotten with Mr. Farberson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. F. Uh, well, I think even when he after he's choked out Jade and she's coming to now in the other room that they're about to climb out mm-hmm. into the tree. He is still going like, I have half a mind to call mm-hmm. the cops. And they're like, no, don't do that. Or whatever. They're like, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, yes, please. Like, he even gives them an out there, it seems, where he's like, why don't you guys just tell me everything mm-hmm. you know? Also, once again, circling back to our favorite motif, mm-hmm. the phones, like, he's like, oh, I'll call the cops. And then when, like, it's revealed that he's a crazy man and Dina goes for the phone, she picks it up and there's no ringtone because set up from her mm-hmm. father who uh-huh. works for the phone company, the phone lines are out in that part of town and he had told her earlier, which I love, like, that's the uh-huh. detail that, like, Stein feels like he needs to set up and follow through as a yes. thread. And he's like, well, nobody's going to believe this if uh, her phone father doesn't <laughs> explain to her why she can't get in touch with him. I need a phone authority to really sell this, this this through line here. Yeah, I really thought that was going to come into play where, like, the dad was somehow monitoring the phone lines. I don't know, I don't know how phones work. There was a moment when they were driving home from the jail uh, when Chuck got arrested the first time that the dad would not talk and look straight ahead because he's frustrated with his son. Uh, and I was like, maybe the dad, maybe dad's doing it. You know, like I thought maybe that was going to be our twist. <laughs> uh huh. But obviously, we know we, as we said, straight arrow through. The, I also, through the I also, wait, I also thought that the the boy that Dina liked was going to maybe be the killer, yes. only because he was the only other character named in the book. And they like, mention yeah. him a lot. Yes. Like I, I thought he would factor in or like help them in some way, but no, it's just like Dina's like, oh no, my hot brother's in jail. Oh, there's Rob, the other hot guy. I'm thinking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. there's not a connection. By the way. Like, props to Rob. He he shoots his shot and asks her out the day her brother is arrested for murder. Yeah. And he gets a yes, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody in this family truly cares about no, Chuck. No, like, there's, no. a, there's more than one victim. Mrs. Farberson's not the only one getting cut down in this yeah. book, you know? <laughs> the only thing Rob was was this through line of, like, a crush and sets up a, a a joke payoff at the end. One last the button. The button yeah. of this oh book gosh, is is attributed yes. is attributed to Rob. We'll get there though. We'll get there. Well, yeah, Josie, you were describing the the craziest scene of like chopping down a, I would imagine a pretty big tree. Yeah, a substantial <laughs> tree large enough to reach the second floor of a house and have two 16 15 to 16 year old girls climbing on it. <laughs> yes. But like also like this is I think the thing that made this my favorite book when I was a kid because mm-hmm. just wow bonkers is that. This yeah. the serial killer murderer just comes out and he's just like screw this. I am chainsawing down this tree. It is going to fall and I'm going to murder these two teens with a chainsaw in like my front yard. Uh-huh. Like even the girls are like won't people hear this? And they're like, he's beyond caring about that now. <laughs> I love it because it's like, it's like the most like, not logical, but the most like, it's just like this, this dude is 
off his rocker and he's just gonna murder. That's it. It's just it's just murder time. For the third act of a really good horror movie where it's been kind of all suspense for it to just go into like they don't care anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. you're dying no matter it. what. It actually was like pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I love it. It's like, it's like in sunshine when like the last mm-hmm. like half of this movie, which like up until now was like a pretty like, like hard science regular drama. And they're like, nope, never mind. Monster man's coming. Uh, yeah. yeah. Go off the rails. A dude with the worst sunburn ever is going to kill you. You better <laughs> yes. run. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a great analogy for this book. As, as is absolutely the sunshine of fear street without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, oh, what gets us to their them being saved? As I mean, the cops show up like immediately, and I was it Chuck. It was Chuck because like Dina goes to visit Chuck uh, in prison before because like they've gone. This is like after. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to get my timeline right. This yeah, is yeah. after uh, they've tried to Scooby Doo their way in. Mm-hmm. They found the dead cats. <laughs> they know uh, Mr. F is going on a trip that he will never come back from with his mm-hmm. mistress. They've tried to tell the police. That they have their dedicated line to the detective. That doesn't work. So yeah, uh, they tell Chuck, okay, well, we're just going to go investigate the house. And Chuck's like, no, don't do that. And he's like shouting, no, don't do that. Don't do that. So then when these girls are about to get uh, chainsawed down from the tree, that's when the police show up. And you find out that uh, Chuck told the main detective, but like it wasn't like he just like called the detective. Like uh-huh. he... And, like, was, like, explained, hey, these two innocent girls are about to go to this house. Like, he, like, there's a whole reveal. Yeah. Where it's, like, there's, it's, and it's, like, three layers deep of, like, uh-huh. not making any sense. Where it's, the police had always suspected that the husband did it. But they needed to keep Chuck in jail as, like, a red herring uh-huh. for the murderer. Uh-huh. So he didn't know that they were onto him. And so Chuck agreed to do this. And, like, the dad agreed to do this. Uh-huh. Which yeah, of is... course, the dad was like, yeah, put my fucking prison son. In the... <laughs> yeah. Scare him straight a little he bit. He scared straight yes! at him. He's... Literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally, he's like, oh, I thought that this would teach him a lesson. And you're like, damn, dad. Uh... <laughs> and, the, and and Chuck is cut down by this and being like, I guess it's okay. I mean, I think, you know, I guess it's... he's, like, sitting there saying it's okay. I'm like, Chuck, you're allowed to be mad right now. Yeah, they like, just... Dina gets mad on his behalf. She's like, this is messed up. Yeah. <laughs> but then the detail that, like, makes it all is like okay so chuck's in on this he's sitting in prison so that these guys can investigate mr farberson and they don't they're not telling these teen girls but then when he finds out that these girls are going to go confront the actual murderer instead of calling the detective and being like hello it's me chuck the patsy the person who you've been working with he's like the only way it could get hold of him was to like basically like do another prank call (laughs) and say you're gonna he was gonna confess which yes. I feel like as a detective would be like, wait, really? Like, you, you did it? Uh, okay. Like, we'll go over there. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, I'm going to confess. So they're like, cool. And he's like, and that's the only way I could get these people who presumably have told me what's going on yeah. to, uh, to to go investigate <laughs> the house. The, the it, house that they haven't investigated, oh. but they know they got the guy. They know they're keeping their eye on the guy. But they have not gone in and found the motive note that's in there. No. And they have not set up any sort of, like, like 
like barrier to this guy leaving the country in any no. way? No perimeter. No. There's no. They like they didn't look anywhere past like oh well she got murdered here why would we go upstairs there's no murder up there. <laughs> Each room is its own standalone existence. Look, they we already drew the we drew the chalk outline that takes a lot of work. It's really exhausting. We kind of ran out of chalk. I'll be honest. We need we, to get more chalk. We like to take a week off after that at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, like, to, put, to add on to that, too, not only were they not investigating him in the house, the girls were doing stakeout. Like, they were doing all the detective work. Yeah, they're following people and stuff. His, yeah, they're yeah. following him, his work residence. Like, the cops should have been there in one of the scenes. Like, I, I honestly thought that maybe, like, they'd reveal, like, in that one masked guy with, like, garlic on his breath was us trying to tell you yeah. kids to, like, yes. but no, yeah. they, that was definitely just the murderer. No, yeah, it's surprising he didn't kill you right then and there, because we weren't around. He would have gotten away with it. Yeah. <laughs> we were not watching that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that ending. It's insane. It's definitely an ACAB situation where they put an innocent basically an innocent child in yeah. real in real jail with with real <laughs> criminals apparently very hardened criminals for uh-huh. an extra week insane absolutely insane oh i was going to say and then you get that wrap up where like it's it's as if he was like and then this is the end of a sitcom uh-huh. where chucks <laughs> out of jail uh our old pal mr f has been arrested mm-hmm. uh no no word on if linda knew anything that was happening his mistress mm-hmm. uh but then Rob and Dina are gonna have a date, and Jade and Chuck are an item, and then mm-hmm. it like I'm and I'm trying to like find the part to actually read off. It would the be beautiful, yes. Ending of this, where like Rob's basically like, "Oh, can I like?" Or no, like she's like, "Rob is uh asked her out. Uh, they're exciting. Uh, it's exciting." Um, mm-hmm. and then we get to the very end, and basically, uh, they're gonna do a double date. Uh, and they invite uh, Jade and uh, Chuck. And Jade's like, oh, thanks. I have too much homework. I'll give you a call after school. And then we get to the actual last paragraph in this whole thing, which is okay, it. said Dina. She started to turn down the hall, then stopped. On second thought, she told Jade, I think I've had it with telephones for a while. Maybe you should just send me a postcard. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I... I found it such a as silly as it was, because the goosebump endings would always be like a bad end twist like this. Like, yeah, it would have been. I, I I don't know what the goosebumps version would have been. Like she answers the call, and then the voice in the line would be like, "You got the wrong guy. I'm coming uh-huh. over," or <laughs> yeah. whatever, right? Or d- yeah. something dumber than that. It was almost like a, huh? They all just get to go on with their lives. Well, yeah. it is. It is weird to realize that, like, in some ways, the Goosebump books are, like, more dark. Like, there's yeah. always that ending mm-hmm. of just, like, and then it turns out I was actually the monster. Or it turns out you're never going to stop playing this weird-ass Calvin Ball yes. game uh, yes. with these beast creatures. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, this is just, like, you know what, kids? Ah, oh, we had a fun time investigating this murder. <laughs> Chuck's got PTSD. <laughs> Let's exchange a mail. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the fun time murder is over in this, right? And then in a Goosebumps book, it's like, nope, you're trapped in internal, eternal torment. Enjoy. I love yeah, that. I, I liked enough where, like, I don't know, and not to put you on the spot, Josie, if you can remember mm-hmm. if these characters pop up again in Fear Street, mm-hmm. but, like, if this was... I always, I also want to read more of the series, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to covering mm-hmm. more in the podcast. Uh, yeah. Like, 
I would hope I liked these characters enough, or at least maybe Jade and Chuck's got some interesting stuff going on. I would hope that they would like appear in other Fear Street books, not even as like main characters, mm-hmm. but I would be so down for like, you know, uh, Fear Street, the the case of the, the evil veterinarian office. Uh, like you know like for chuck to come in as a side character on it like i at least like that's cool i'm glad they didn't get a bad end oh i have a question uh josie since you're you're an expert on the fear street series Mm, and i don't it's probably was nothing but when they were going to the house uh Mm -hmm. to investigate mr farberson's house for the final time uh Mm -hmm. they have to go on foot because they don't have a car available to them and they're walking through and they see like a figure while they're going oh. to, and I, I did was that a reference to anything else or was that just a random thing i kind of think it was a random thing i i don't i because i like i said i don't really remember the book surrounding this fifth book super well but mm-hmm. like there i mean again like there's a weird shared universe like there are definitely other weird shit happening on uh-huh. fear street so i i thought that that was supposed to i honestly thought that that was supposed to be like mr farberson like beating them oh, home gotcha. um, so that's what i picked up but like also like i mean you know there's a book with like a cat monster there's demons there's <laughs> right. there's ghosts there's just literally more murderers uh-huh. uh, uh and i was gonna say um i don't think Jay, Dean, and Chuck come back in the background of other books, but they do come back in Wrong Number Two, uh, oh which is the sequel, God, the sequel, which two? is the twenty seventh book in the Fear Street series. Uh, wow. But he, it's it's basically a number calls them up and says it's going to get their revenge, and they're like, "Is it Mister Farberson? Is he out of jail?" <laughs> uh, and I don't remember everything that happened to that, but yes, they come back in Fear Street Two, uh, and any of the characters that are in general in Fear Street. If they're introduced in a book, usually they come back because usually there's either a sequel or it's like the cheerleaders section where Uh like, you know, you're following Corky. It's just everyone's dying around her. Uh Um, (laughs) I I think that the some of the characters that mentioned in the school, like sometimes show up on the periphery uh, of other books. Uh, but I, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, fellas, it's been maybe years since I've reread these, uh, books for children. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe been a little while. Yeah. I don't remember every facet of them, but they Look, definitely come back in a sequel. I have been so impressed with how much you've been able to recall the Josie from just this discussion over. I'm like, she must have read these last week. <laughs> I mean, like, I did sort of like, like I said, I glanced through the book again, just to remember what happened. And again, I... Just, I remembered in my eight-year-old brain, prank calls, bomb scare, called mm-hmm. a murderer, murderers chasing them with a chainsaw. Like, everything in the middle was kind of a blur. Right. But, like, it, it really was. Like, I, I truly loved the series. I loved how weird it was. I was, like, it was, like, this and, um, like, Independence Day were, like, the two, like, touchstones for, like, young Josie of just, like, I <laughs> I loved anything that went nuts. I loved explosions. And I loved this, like, weirdly dark murder series for teens. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Beautiful. I missed out, honestly. Like, Josie, you, I, we, I know we were in Cheerleaders before, but, like, that one didn't hit as much for me just because that wasn't my interest, but... But the I like cheerleaders. I remember it was good. We, I remember we walked away from it going like this was really solid, way more than we were expecting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I really missed out on the superior series, <laughs> not reading Fear Street. I mean, I think that. 
Fear Street was almost like Baby's first, like, you know, murder mystery. Like, because, mm-hmm. you know, once I once I got old enough to actually be reading murder books, like, I got really into the Dana Stabenow, like, uh, like Alaska murder series. Like, okay. I got really into, like, murder mysteries in general. So it felt like it was very much, like, if you're reading Fear Street, it was for older kids, but it was also, like, scratching that itch for those who, like, basically would get interested in, like, cold cases and, like, murder mysteries, whereas Goosebumps was much more, you're going to read this, and then you're going to, like, definitely, like, move over to, like, Bruce Colville or, like, mm-hmm. my, like, Aliens Ate My Homework. Like, it was uh, much more. I love those Bruce Carville ones, too. Which is great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those were awesome. Or comic books. Or comic books. Or comic books. <laughs> well, shit, I, I feel like that's a pretty good summation of this way more violent book that we don't normally get to cover. There's about halfway through, I was like, shit, is this going to be a funny topic to talk about? Because this is just like well, brutal, it's, like, I'm on the edge of my sea thrill ride. Yeah, th- there's true terror and there's and there's, and there's there's real murder happening, which is scary. But there's so many, like, silly little things, like not, it's not silly to wrongly jail somebody, but it's <laughs> but it's funny that it happens in this book because it's not real people. Like there's like so many moments like that that are still these like really weird like, are you serious? You did that? Okay. Uh but like but it's like I think there was like that perfect mix, right? Where it was like very serious horror stuff, but also kind of goofy at the same time because it is still targeted to a younger audience, right? It's like a really perfect I like I, I really admire the way this is written because it like so encapsulates the exact sort of way a kid would think through a murder mystery essentially yeah. where like details about Miranda rights and like having <laughs> your lawyer and your parents showing up like are just like you just throw him to the side and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to put on a wig. We're going to rifle through his drawers. There's going to be a murder note. This all tracks. Mm-hmm. Get your hair gel out. We're going costuming. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's a I think that's a goosebuds, right? I think we I think we butted. I think we butted. Uh, we butted, we telephoned, <laughs> we gelled. <laughs> we te- we had a good time telephoning today. We had everybody. a good time. <laughs> Josie, thank you so much for joining. Like I, I yes, it thank is you, such Josie. A, a pleasure having you with us to to also bestow the good uh knowledge uh, of Fear Street. Yes, you were a great ambassador for Fear Street. <laughs> of course. I love these weird, weird murder books for kids. So anytime, guys. This was super fun. Uh, obviously, like I feel like I could uh, hype up all of your credits for a while. Just, you know, the head writer of She-Ra and the new Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what are all of the new stuff uh, that people should check out for your for your works? Uh, well, uh, the two big things are uh, they just announced in 2021 next year we're going to get season two of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Fuck on yeah. Netflix, oh, yeah. which is going to be great. The kids are, I mean, I, I think you guys can see from She-Ra to Jurassic to this, like I have a love of putting kids in very dangerous situations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so season two, these kids did not get off the island. They are on an <laughs> island full of uh, dinosaurs and all of the fences are down and there's no adults. So uh, that's sort of your link to Fair Street. Um, and then I was going to say... <laughs> The other thing that I've got coming out, uh, which they just announced uh, today while we're recording this, is I wrote a a Green Lantern story for the new uh, Future State uh, slate of uh, books basically coming out uh, next year, I think January, February. 
Um, so I got to write a really fun sort of like what if one off with um, an old Green Lantern character that I love and a new Green Lantern character that I love. Oh, so that's awesome. It'll so- be it'll be fun. I I think people I will I hope people will enjoy it. I'm sure they will. I mean, I'm sure they will too. Yeah, Josie, you're cool. you're one of my favorite writers in in the industry. You oh, always fucking make great you. shit. Um, yeah, everybody everybody has to check out all of those things, please. Uh, also, like Josie, where should people follow you uh, online? You want to plug any like socials? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Cozy Jamble. Uh, and you know, this is the tag I use all over the place. So cozyjamble.com is my website where I post up <laughs> interviews. Um, I post links to podcasts that I'm on. So yeah, I'd say follow me on Twitter and check out my website. Okay. Awesome. Josie, thank you again. I think, uh, just, you know, I, I've had enough audio conversations that I've, I got, I got my, out of my system and a little worried if I stay on this longer, I'll. I'll decide to prank call someone. So I'm. Well, gonna... I was I was gonna say we should all just have. We want to do like a telephone party line after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should we should find a phone book and just look <laughs> through it, and uh, yeah, find the spookiest sounding street we can because it's probably all a hoax, you guys. Let's give them some calls. Yeah, that's what that's what those those like little suburb people do. They just hide in the suburb and, and they they have scary areas that they make up. Let's prove it wrong, guys. Yeah, we're all Chuck today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll see you all soon. I love you both. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, again. Right, thanks, Josie. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by these wonderful Patreon supporters. We'd like to thank Hollis Hornbeek, Stefan Jive Turkey Kuabara, Michael McDowell, Cameron Murphy Audio, Josh Robertson, David Cron, Nick Hinkle, Mickey C, Clayton C, Nathan Dolezal, Buddy Morrill, Mike Lanteri, Mel Dipson, Alec Aid, Jim Greaves, Natu Pearl Henderson, Joshua Lopez, Jared Mason, Afshin, Zankeef, Aaron T. Strunk, Danky McStanky, Victor, Dango Twists, Zentacles, Brian Wells, Stealth Bates, Becca McWilliams, Joseph Miranda, Patrick Reynolds, Scott Colopy, Robert Moon, Third Sergio, Jason Crooker, John Keedy, Jonas Blatterman, Clay Castle, Miguel Pardo, Christina Doling, Gaff, Matt the Half Court Warlock Bachelor, Matthew Extra Extra Terrestrial, Sniggy, Reinfected, Maddie, Ishak Arafin, Gregory D. Warren, Alan Saylor, Mikey Jello, Sam Hash, Chosen One, Cody Redfield, Rich Hillborn, Bradford Coulter, Aiden Alexander Dace, Dylan Vaughn, Paul Grasso, Trans Rights, Joe, remember to save early and often, Scott, you're right, everyone save everything you're working on right now, Walter Fraser, Two in the slink, one also in the slink, all three in the slink then. Joshua Jacobwitz. Justin Wagman. Taylor Dierks. Cardboard Walk. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Leviathan. Up and Champ. Rug. Jonas Eggman. Trendy Moron. Low Belly Hate Me. Alicia Grafe. Trent Davis. Molloy Stir. Brock Graham. Carl. Anthony Kuabara. Joe Gorman. Connor Church. Vincent Modica. Heath Robinson. Luke Canoodles. Blake Alvarez. Elusive Koala. Hugh Bolin. Yanni Markovina. Space Tiger, watch out! Zambambino. Brooke X. 
Joe. Jesus Christ. Corey Shelley. Jeremy Lowe. Christian Vanskeever. Brian Hobgood. Jake Young. Jordan Lockwood. Slumlord Onion. Foolish for Deborah. Valhalla Black. Devaldi. Nathan Remick. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Patreon underscore donator, yo. Tom Whittem. Reed Steubendike. Nicholas Johnson. John the Howling Eye Duda. Kevin Hamilton. Joey Evans. Lord Cornwallis. Andrew, fingers crossed for a vaccine by Slinksmith, Jadzik. Eric England. Carewise Gamgee. Cardamom Burkambino. Elizabeth Steenweg. Swag Bumps Nightmare at Camp Yellow Squire. Andrew Evans. Mike Roch. Haha, <laughs> gotcha. It's actually Spencer. Solid Spencer. You got me again. Cameron Hansen. Just Garrett. Daddy's Happy Apple Boy. Etonomore. General Lee Depressing. Goon Cahoots. Straightforward non-funny name for Dom. Dylan McCann. Yeah, yeah. SNES Chalmers. Buffcat. Glenn. Sean Minogue. Dan. Wiggle it. Boss Garretson. Egg baby. Chris Pittman. Chip Hansen. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Jared Nutty. R.L. Slink. Stinklitch. Zach Bush. Calamity Carl. Matt McLellan. Germ Juice. Jonas Envilton. We'll be right back to our all-male Christmas orgy miracle on 34 skins after these messages. Would they, would they be circumcised because it's a Christ, Christian holiday, right? I'm trying to think of it. It's a good, it's a good name. Dr. Worm. Nick Johnson. J.R. Chip. Alex Moon the Robo Dog. The Voyant. Claire. Stephen Day. Ben Bohan. Tanya Turtle. Sarah Kemp. Kate Ann Franklin. Jose. Brett. Chili Dish Gambino. Sadie Kitson. Bad Vibes Jr. Jeremy Bowser. Dude, does your does your uncle work at Nintendo now? Ryan Carroll. Mudbark. Daniel Hirschberger. Juan Jalapena. Megan McCormick Mason. Ninja Breadman. Adam Yagooft. Hood Lemon. S. Muscles Bear. Wacky Username. Keith Halcrow. Manuel Aviles. Wesley. Got little old me pretty freaked. Chris Keeper of the Mastosphere Nelson. Aogon. Nata S. Say it backwards. Dakota Campion. Russell Gore. Timothy Misodoulakis. Matthew Stevens. Clay McCarty. Wonderskin. Jimmy Soul. Wade Norcross. Parker Lee. Hamboat. Ashley W. Comfy System. The underscore venomous underscore viper. Taylor Shedden. Jordan Slamsey. Flemily. Nicholas Butler. Matthew Sutton. Raymond Hernandez. Patrick Murphy. The Crow Fens. Kelly the Barbarian. Cod Salmon. Jeffrey Owen Cawhey. Kelsey Kinneman. Who's Ryan? Rustel Kasberg. Peanutberg. Dr. Chocula. Xavier Jimenez. Liam Neeson's Doe. Brendan Arafin. Kit. Chris Putrikas. John W. Sunset Streak. Adam G. Meet Virginia. M-E-A-T. The Shreknomicon. Kenyon Hansen, Robert Allen Cook III, Michael Mello, Dungeon Kappa, Adam Muth, and Ashley Northup, Mike Spaghetti Jones. And we'd like to thank these new names to the Book of Names. Welcome new patron, Zach Weir, MC Hamster. Welcome new patron, Redemption, Tomjid Munir. Welcome new patron, Michael Kupka, Tobias Clark, Julian Lamendia. Welcome new patron, Anthony Sims. Congratulations, you're on our list and probably some other people's list now. Hopefully they're good lists. I don't know. Thank you all so very much. Have a good, spooky October. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.